Our good friends at Johnio welcome you to this episode. Now, the iconic Johnio clothing brand logo of the surfer and his longboard first caught my eye several years ago, but it's the signature Johnio style where West Coast meets East Coast prep that truly changed the game for me, and I've been wearing Johnio ever since. And now our listeners can use promo code RICHTAKE at checkout for 20% off your first order at johnny-o.com. That's 20% off the regular price. Price at johnny-o.com. Use the promo code RICHTAKE at checkout for 20% off your first order. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted built and inspired by the role of sports in their lives here's your host here's your host this is episode 122 thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen having regrets in life can be something that consumes all of us but grady jarrett lives his life with a focused energy to live life without those regrets and using that energy to take action. As an under-recruited defensive lineman who would make his way to Clemson University, becoming a starter his sophomore season, and would finish his career as a first-team All-ACC defensive tackle. Drafted in the fifth round in the 2015 NFL Draft by the Atlanta Falcons, Grady would once again silence the naysayers, becoming a key starter for the Falcons' defense and help lead them to Super Bowl 51, where he would tie a Super Bowl record with three sacks and was named the Falcons' representative for the prestigious Walter Payton Man of the Year Award in 2018. Here's episode 122 with Grady Jarrett. Grady, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Can't thank you enough for sitting down and letting me steal some of your time. I know you're, right up, you're running 100 miles per hour. Now, we all can say that we're running 100 miles yeah, per hour. Yeah, we are. Right? <laughs> yeah, we are. Some, somewhere, somehow, somebody. But always you, busy. But you're always doing a lot, even off the field, mm-hmm. in terms of community service and yes, giving back to the community. Yes, sir. Why has that always been something that you wanted to focus on? Um, giving back to the community always been important to me because I just felt like, you know, being blessed in the position that I am, um, I want to make impact. You know, I want to use my platform to make impact and um, make other people's lives better, whether that's, you know, um, just making them feel better, you know, spending time, um, whether, whether it's giving financially, um, whatever I can do to um, just, like I said, make somebody's life better. And uh, so I do a lot of things as far as like anti-bullying, um, hospital visits, all the way to military, family visits. Like I just came from a hospital visit this morning. So um, I'm all over the place with you it. Are. I'm you are. I'm all over the place with it. So, but I enjoy it. I enjoy every bit of it. I enjoy making connections in the community, and um, I enjoy being respected in the community as well. So um, it means a lot to me. I do it from the from my heart. So that I means that's why I do a lot of things that I you know um, don't talk about, and um, because it's you know because it's just true. You know. What yeah. Because it's not about publicity. Yeah. No. For me, no. It's not. No. It's not about publicity. It comes with it. Um, and I'm grateful for, you know, whatever the attention that it does garner, but I don't do it for the attention. Yeah. Well, obviously there's an aspect that the publicity yeah. helps because without, it brings awareness without, to without, some of the things without, that without, you're A lot of, lot of awareness brings awareness. So you got to, um, you have to speak about some things. You have to open up about certain things. So 
you know, your message, whatever it may be, um, does get out. That's and, right. Uh, it does inspire people. It does help um, people who are affected dealing with um, whatever they may be dealing with. Where did you learn that type of servant leadership or where did that come to be so important in your heart? Yeah, um, I think you, you said like servant leadership. Like, uh, I think that comes a lot from my faith. Just knowing that there's always something I can do and, and there's always something that I can use, like I said, my platform to help. And I never want to feel like um, like I'm above or I've always been in a leadership position. And it hasn't always been about me talking because um, I don't, I like to show it, you know, lead yeah. by example. And um, whether like it's a model only, leadership yeah, rather than talking yeah, about it. Without a doubt, because I can't expect anybody to do something or move something if I'm not willing to do it myself. So as far as being a servant leader, I think that you gain the most respect from your peers because if they know that you put the work in and you going out to go do a job or do whatever, I, and I tell them, like, it's time for you to do that or it's time for you to do that, they're not going to listen to me if I don't handle my part. That's right. You know? And that's, <laughs> and that's in, that's in um, any aspect in life, you know? It's so all of life. Like, yeah. It's, it's not just sports. Life. So it's like being a servant leader, like, you enjoy it. Like, you don't, you don't feel like you have to do something or it's like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. You know you're doing something for a greater good, for, you know, your passion. And it's going to bring, and it's always, it always pays you dividends, whether it's, you know, um, like you say, just having a great impact on somebody's life and making them feel better about themselves or giving somebody the courage or confidence they need to do better in their own lives. So that's... Yeah, I mean, and a lot of times the stuff that you're giving, you're actually receiving as well. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Right? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. For me, you can't, you can't receive without give. And... Um, if you just take, 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 take all the time, it's going to run out. You know, you have to always give, man. And I, I think that's important. That's important that we need to understand, you know, just as a community, as people, that, you know, when you give, it always come back to you. You know what I mean? But you don't, at the same time, you don't give expecting to get something back. That's right. You can't have that yeah, type of mentality. You can't have that mentality. <laughs> so it's like, you got That's gotta, hard in life, though, because yeah, we're all selfish at times. At times. At times, it is. It's a human trait. Yes. It's a human trait. But... I think when you give in with the mindset of faith, you know, and you're knowing that whatever you give gonna come back to you one way, shape, or another, that then it it becomes easier and it becomes something that you enjoy doing. And um, whether all you, if all you receive from giving is fulfillment, that's enough. That's a lot, right because there. Because some people don't even have that, that's you right. know. But at the same time, you can't be like, I'm gonna just try to do this <laughs> so I can feel, you know. So it's like it's it got to be pure. It got to be does. pure in your heart and. Um, I think um, you got to be moved in certain ways to um, find out where you want to give, what you want to give. How, however it is that you want to serve, however you move to serve, I think when you walk in that, you'll gain some of your fulfillment. That's right. And you got to have an anchor. And it sounds like faith has been an anchor Absolutely. for you. When did faith become such an anchor for you? Um, it's really been my whole life. Uh, probably my big, probably my biggest biggest step was in um, in college. I was going to a church in Clemson called Freeway. It was pastored by Jeff Davis, who's our team chaplain now. He's how he was uh he like everything off the field at Clemson now, he the man. Paul oh, Journey. I worked with him and Paul Journey. Man. So, That's I mean, right. He Jeff, is the man. So um I had a really good relationship with Jeff and uh he was my pastor. And um I was actually after my first year in the NFL I came back to Clemson and he baptized me and at, at Freeway I went came back up the freeway. So I think you know, just just my walk. I mean, but it's, it's been before. Like I always feel like I always had faith in God and 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 knowing that you know, there's always something you always better. felt something. Oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And then also, you know, my strong family. Like I got a, I'm a real big family guy, 
and um, my support for my family is very important to me. So, um, shoot, my faith in my family, like, I think that's kind of where I, you know, where I get, you know, draw my strength from. Yeah. And, um, and my continuance to my motivation always to go and, you know, and provide and, and just be a good person, you know. And um, nobody perfect, but. Oh, that's right. But, um, <laughs> but we're all striving. Yeah, yeah, but you air, have to air, have air, that type of anchor. And for me, I didn't come into my faith until I was like 38 years old. I'm mm -hmm. 48 now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm jealous at times to hear stories of people that did find their faith mm -hmm. earlier than I did, but yeah. we all have our own journey. Without a doubt, and maybe at that time I wouldn't have been ready. Everybody, and every, you know, yeah. so you have to go through the own, the, your own process. Yeah, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's yeah. important because it helps fill those voids that you might have on Absolutely. a daily basis. Now sports, mm -hmm. that's another anchor, yeah. right? What's your first memories of just gravitating towards sports and obviously knowing your dad is Jesse Tuggle, so you, mm. you, you had that. But what, what's your first memories of, I um, love sports? So uh, my first sport was actually baseball. Um, I played baseball and t-ball when I was four years old. And um, I always had a drive for sports. Um, and I got a good relationship with Jesse. I didn't grow up with him, though, so I didn't see it growing up. So, But I always had a drive for it inside me. So. Baseball was my first sport. I played when I was four, and I played football since I was five years old. So I would go football, baseball, and then as I got into middle school, I wanted to play basketball. <laughs> so I played for the rec for the rec league um, my sixth and seventh grade year, and then um, yeah. So now why are you laughing when you say basketball? Because that's my sport. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So I want to play. I love basketball. I'm playing, but when I say I play basketball, people always give me give me give me a hard time. <laughs> but I, I was pretty good, man. Yeah, but, uh, you can go so ahead and brag. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> but um, so then eighth grade, I wanted to try for the middle school team, and I was doing my thing. I felt like you know, but you know, that coach at the time didn't, didn't feel like I was good enough to make the team, and I and I was I was I was hurt by that. I was really hurt by that. But through that. I found wrestling. Okay. So, and this is eighth grade when I started wrestling. So I started wrestling. Eighth grade was pretty good, and you know I had to learn, you know. And then, so then I get to high school, and you know, still I stopped playing baseball after middle school as well. So I just started doing football, track, and uh, wrestling. And track, I was a sprinter, and I was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> you look like it. Come on now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes, no, I'm just we playing. can did, say that. I did field events, man. I did. <laughs> I did um try to put disc, you know, everybody. I did big, big man relay one time. Though. There you go. Getting out second leg. Yes. But uh, <laughs> talk about being an anchor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But um, but I, I but I wasn't gonna wrestle in high school either. Though I, I figured I didn't want to do. It. I thought it was fun while I did it in middle school. But my wrestling coach came and got me out of class when uh, I was in ninth grade. We're going in the ninth grade. He was like, look, I want you to wrestle. Like, I, I really think you'd be really good. And uh, I'm gonna, you know, coach you up and just don't give up on. It. I don't want you to give up. So I like, all right, cool. I do it. So tenth grade, I go back to the WrestleMania um, after football season, and uh, I ended up I ended up winning um, the conference, the area conference for heavyweight, and then um, I ended up not making it to uh, state that year. And I used to have bad anxiety problems when I would wrestle. It was because it's such like a one on one thing. And um, so describe that. What do you yeah. mean anxiety? So it's like. As a, as a as a competitor, you can always get, you know, pregame butterflies. Oh yeah, of course. But in wrestling, for me, it was another level. Like it was like, cause like one on one, like I would do good, and I feed off of it. But I can get inside my own head too. So it was like, 
I won area, then I get to like the sectionals, and I'm like, I'm kind of like, I lose to like. Are you know, doubting no, yourself? You doubting yourself, and it's like, it's like, man, and it's like you lose, and I lost like somebody I had no business like losing to, you know, and because um, your mind just took over mind, and you know affected and you. I'm like, man, like I ain't never gonna like let myself do that again. Like I really played myself out. So then uh, the the next year I end up getting past the getting winning the area again, then winning a sectional, then going to state. And I lost to state uh, to the eventual state champion that year, a guy who had like won it a couple of times, and then and I lost to him in the semis. And then in my in my head again, I'm like, man, like I really shouldn't have lost to this dude. So it's like these L's that I'm taking, I'm learning like you know if it's, it's about like me and my preparation. Like and then my senior year come, and I'm like, man, this is my last shot. Like I want I want to win state. Like I made up my mind. Like I want to win state. Like I ain't nothing nothing stop me. Like this is like me overcoming anxiety, fear, whatever it is that is holding me back in my mind. Yeah, overcoming your own demons. Yeah, overcoming my own. And I'm like, so like we get to the, from area, so there's three three steps. So it's like, it's like wrestling playoffs. Area, sectionals, to state, all the way to, to when I won the state championship, like nobody scored on me, nothing. Like I was locked <laughs> in, like I, like, I was like, I was like so locked in. And like, for me, when I transferred, like to me, you know, being a professional now, on the football field, lessons that I learned like then as far as like, the power of your mind and also like you know it's kind of like the pain of regret versus the pain of discipline you know what i'm saying and it's like you know if i try my best right now and just get through it i'm gonna be i'm gonna be fulfilled with the results but if i know i didn't go out there and do my best i'm gonna have regret so every time i get a chance to compete i always want to do my best no matter what the circumstances are no matter things going good or bad i want to control what i can control and go out and perform and be the best me i can be and I think that's a lesson that I learned on the wrestling mat. And that has obviously carried over into your that's, NFL career absolutely. because I hear a lot of NFL players talking about there's one aspect for players in the NFL. It's mm -hmm. obviously the physical side, mm -hmm. but what a lot of things, a lot of times that separates those same players that might mm -hmm. have the same physical set, yep. it's their mind. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, I think mindset is a. Um, definitely the, the thing that separates um, players at a professional level because everybody is good physically at what, the, what you do. And it's the mindset to endure, to, to always continue to try to be better, to fight complacency, to know that you're not good enough, to humble yourself, and um, just always try to find better ways to get better. You know, I always look at it like, you see some of the best players on the planet at their respective sports, like, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Serena Williams, these people always saying that they got to get better and they got to find out what they can do better. These people have been at the top of the game for so long. How can me, how can I feel like I got it all figured out? That's so, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, and not just in sports and whether it's in entertainment, whatever, you always hear the people who are at the top who are trying to be the best saying like, they got to find a ways to get better. How can I critique this? And they probably more critical on themselves than anybody else is. That's them. right. So, um, Actually, so I try to do it just in parenting, yeah, just in life, I'm yeah, trying in life. to get better. Like, without a doubt. So, um, I think it's like you never got it all figured out. You know, you got to grind and, and strive, and you got to fall in love with the process of it because the process of it is what really make you. That's you know, what shapes like, you. Everybody want to be there on game day. Everybody want to be with lights on, but uh, when nobody watching, you know what I'm saying? The grind that you're putting in is going. You know, are you working for real or are you just working for when the camera on? You know. Mm -hmm. So you say Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Where do you fall in the debate? In the debate, <laughs> Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Who's the you know, I, I, didn't, I never got to see Michael Jordan play, you know? I know, and I got to see, you know what I'm saying? But 
I, mean, I, I was. Come on now, you know it's MJ. It's man, MJ. Yeah. So you saying MJ? I'm saying LBJ. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, no, I, I think they're great players, man. I, I think that they the only really players you can try to put. I mean, I, I, I don't like comparisons in, in the first place. I like well, it's the, tough I, when you're yeah, generation to yeah, generation. Yeah, generation to generation is very tough. But what? Still comparison. You know what I'm saying? Comparison is the thief of joy, man. It's like we got two great players that we can just. Just appreciate them both, appreciate right? Appreciate them, man. Uh, they appreciate them, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's, uh, and I think they would probably be the first to tell you, like, man, like we just trying to be the best we can be. You know now, how how much did outside of the the mental aspect of what you went through with wrestling? Mm-hmm. What about just from the physical aspect of the technique of wrestling? How is that mm-hmm. helping you as you were in college mm-hmm. and even in NFL? Just yeah. Understanding leverage points and yeah, things yeah, of that nature. It, you, you definitely said it like leverage, body control, you know, um, especially things like, you know, when I got to take on certain double teams and um, bend it and twist in certain ways. I think my flexibility is also something that helps me in my play as a, fo- as a football player. And, uh, but yeah, you said it and it's just like, uh, it's, it's like, and I think like wrestling as far as like certain techniques and stuff, you never really never really forget it you know like i think i can't probably can't go out there right now and just <laughs> you haven't been on the mat like, in a while <laughs> but i can go out there and hold my own oh i bet I you get <laughs> i'm not gonna disrespect somebody who like a, a you know like a pro college not, not a pro but you know like a college wrestler that work at it every day and he's sharp with his tool but i mean i probably can go out there oh i bet you could hang, you know what i'm saying hang a little bit <laughs> now, did you ever did you ever actually want to get in the ring and do like WWE no, style no, type of wrestling. No, 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 never that, never that. I, <laughs> I ain't never want to do that. I always wanted to be a football player. And um, yeah, so how early on was that that you had that mindset that you wanted to play yeah. college football or be an NFL player? Um, I, I knew I wanted to play as a, at a young age, um, and you know, and it's like uh, growing up. You know, people always tell you Plan B, Plan B. And, um, and I mean, I yeah, gotta myself, have a plan B. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll prepare myself for that. But I feel like you know, when you're chasing a dream, chasing big things, you have to uh, you have to commit to it and put your all into it. And along the way, it's gonna be people to tell you, you know, what I'm saying like you can't do it or you're not this and that and this. You know, you're not tall enough, you're not big enough. And it's gonna be them few people who believe in you gonna tell you what you need to do to accomplish your goal. So for me, I'm not. I'm, people knew I, I wasn't going to be no 6'3 dude, no six. you know what I'm saying? So it was like, I'm going to be a defensive lineman, you know, I got to be bigger and stronger and faster. I mean, not bigger, but stronger, faster, and quicker than the people I'm going against. And um, so it was like, I knew I knew where some things may, I may lack physically, where I played it to an advantage for me. Because just because they say that this ain't what I'm supposed to be, that ain't mean that it don't work for me, you know? And... Um, and for me, it's like, I, I, shoot, I, I wouldn't want to know other way, like, as far as... Um, so you enjoyed that type of adversity yeah, without and a doubt. the grind. Without a doubt, the grind of it, it make you it make you play hard, make you go harder. Like, for me, anyway, it could break a lot of people. You know, it could discourage a lot of people. But for me, it's like a motivator. And, um, and, and so what motivated you more? People saying you can't do that or somebody who said... Grady, I believe in you. Oh, trying yeah. To prove I, tell, them I, tell, right. I tell people all the time. I prove people, the few people that, that believed in me, I proved them right. Like, I, I could care less about people that believe in me. Like, um, I never give them that power. I never get, be able to mm-hmm. get nobody the power to say, yeah, I told them that. Oh, I, 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 I cut them in. They, that forced him to do this. 
or I deny him, that's for him to do that. I'll never give nobody that power because it's about the ones who believe in me. And there was very few of them. And um, so the people who didn't believe in me, they, they're irrelevant. They're relevant. They never get a, 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 a piece of my story. Yeah, that's not the motivation. Absolutely not. Yeah, your story is about those the, who's with me. the people mm. that did believe in you. And yeah. so who are some of those that have believed in you? Oh, yeah, what I do. So absolutely. Um, starting off with my, my mother, when I, number one, um, always my high school coach, uh, Michael Etheridge, was one of my biggest supporters. Um, a lot of coaches came, was coming in because they heard about me, all these numbers I'm putting up in high school. And they would come, they'd see me, and they'd be like, they'll be gone. They won't hear about, hear about me no more. Um, and why? Were they saying, oh, like, it's too small? Oh, yeah, too small. Um, too small, Rockdale County. Don't nobody come out of Rockdale. Um, and then uh, another, I believe, was Coach Sweeney from Clemson. I went up to um, Clemson for a couple camps. Uh, actually, Chris Rumpelmott was my recruiter. Um, but, but before I got to Clemson, he ended up um, leaving to go do another job. But he was always fighting real hard for me. Like, coming out of high school, he was like, man, great Jay will be the – the best recruit out of this class, but I was just too tall recruit at this time. And um, but he ended up leaving before I got there. But I always kept in touch with him. But um, Coach Sweeney believed in me, and he was like, "Man, we ain't got no more scholarships left." And I went up to camp and had a really good camp. I mean, we don't have any, any more scholarships left. But man, uh, I like you. I love you. Know what I'm saying you as a player, and I want you to I want you to be Clemson Tiger and this and that. Me and my mom was in the um, office, and then you know me in the moment, I'm kind of play it cool and stuff. I'm not acting like too excited. <laughs> He was like, man, I want to, I want you to come to Clemson. Da, da, da. He was like, what you think? You know what I'm saying? Da, da, da. I was told, I was like, all right, um, all right, coach, I'm gonna think about it. Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mama was like, inside, you're ready to go, right? <laughs> yeah, because like, I'm gonna think about it. And my mama was like, boy, she wanted to jump across that table on me. It's like, well, boy, you feeling good in this um, thing right now? But uh, <laughs> I wanted to play it cool. You know what I'm saying? Of course, but, there's nah, nothing wrong with I playing it like cool. Nigga, I called him like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, give me 24 hours. Yeah, that's it. Without right? a doubt, and um, and you know he stood on the table for me, and um, I ended up having a great college career, and uh, made a lot of people look like you know they didn't know what they was talking about, which is you know it's all cool, whatever. And then shoot, going through the NFL draft, you know, being projected from a. Oh, it was the same thing. Yeah, same yes. exact thing. Same. Exact this has thing. been your whole story. It's my whole story. So it's like yes. that. It's like when it happened to me in the draft. Like, man, I've been here before, like, you know, yeah. and uh, which was disappointing because I, during that time, I finally felt like I was going to get my break or like, you know, this, like, this was it. This I'm going to get like appreciated, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I put in a good work and this and that. And uh, so, you know, I ended up following, I was projected like a late first, second round pick. And I'm like, um, all right, cool. Like, this is a time, da, 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 da. And they ended up following all the way, first round pass, second round pass, third round pass. Getting like to the bottom of the fourth round, I still haven't been selected. I'm like, well, dang, like, and I'm getting like, you know, I'm like, at this point, shoot, I probably ain't gonna drag me. Like, I'm disappointed, of course, but, um, and, uh, so the first pick of the fifth round come around and Atlanta trade up to get me. And, uh, so I was just like, but and I tell people all the time, whether I went first round or where I went, I was going to be doing the same stuff I'm doing now. Yes, yeah, so you don't think it would have affected how you have been out on the field? No, I would have just got more money on the front end. But I, <laughs> but I got it on the back you end. You made it on the back end, that's right. Because <laughs> so, people I mean, believed in you now. Uh-huh. I mean, of course they can believe me after exactly. you put in the work. That's right. <laughs> but it's all good because I believed in myself. And I knew that I knew that. You I would, bet on yourself. Without a doubt, every time. Every time. If I bet on myself and lose, I'll be good because I know I tried my best. 
But as far as me letting somebody else put a limitation on me and being like, you know what, you write about me. Never that. I always wait on myself. Have you thought about and reflected in reference to your time at Clemson? And you were really part of that that class that was mm-hmm. coming up and really built yeah, that defense a doubt. A doubt. and helped propel Clemson to where Clemson is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you thought about just how impactful that core group of guys you had with you, what you guys have done? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. It was definitely um, some guy because when I, when I first got there, we ended up winning 10 games after like a long time. Yes. You know, 10 and 4, and it was 11 and 2, 11 and 2, and then 10 and 3. Um, we had teams that were good enough to go on to win that championship, but things fall apart, you know, so here and there. Oh, it's but tough to win. It's tough to win. <laughs> it's really tough. But uh, my, my last year, we, was, we had the number one defense in the country. Um, guy like me, Vic B, Lee, Stefan Anthony, um, so many guys to name um, that was a part of that, that have, have been in the NFL. And um, so, I mean, we, we definitely were um, some building blocks. Oh, you, you set know, the foundation. We definitely set the foundation of it. But, you know, I always like to give the guys the credit, man. The guys who were there that when they won that national championship. And um, those guys really, really did. It was made me very proud to see, you know, those young guys and some of the defensive linemen that come up through there after Clemson that are now in the NFL. Now you see a guy like Deshaun Watson who having a great pro career MVP year this year. And to be able to nuke Hawkins. I mean, I could go on all of this. I like, know. And it's like to be like, man, all these, we was all on the same team. Like, <laughs> like we was all on the same team, man. And there's some guys who, you know, unfortunately didn't, you know, make it to the end of their college careers who was like great players and just had other like, great things to do with that. And uh, we had some really, really good talent. And the thing about, and the thing about it was everybody wasn't like, um, you know, there's some people that was like highly, highly related, rated and stuff. But like myself, like I wasn't. Like highly, highly rated coming out, and I just be able to build up through that program and make a make a career for myself. You know, I, I think um, that's a testament to uh, the coaches and the coaching staff up there in Clemson and uh, and the program that they build for us to be able to develop. And uh, what is it about the culture mm-hmm. that Coach Sweeney has built there at Clemson? Uh, I think it's special. You know, it's a special place, one of a kind place. Something that you have to experience to understand. Um, outside looking in, I think it's something that's very hard to believe because it takes a special um, group of people, not just one person, to accomplish. And, uh, but there's a family atmosphere, but there's also a competitive atmosphere to where it's like, it's like how can these guys bloody each other up in training camp at the level that they do? And at the practice over, go love on each other and do this and that. I don't know, it's like, it's something special. Like it's a, it's, and it's been instilled over time, it takes time and it took people to believe in Coach Sweeney's vision to let him do what he had to do to get the program to where it's at. And um, I think it's a very, very special place, and it, it challenges you to be the best player you can be, but also the best man you can be. And it puts you in positions to have success because, I mean, I don't think the, the goal is not for you to go there and make it to the NFL, and I think Coach knows that. But I think a place like Clemson um, – with some of the things they're doing off the field, like a Paul Journey or something like that, where they bringing people in from corporate businesses to learn about these players as they're young guys, getting their degrees and knowing where they came from as far as advice, the hard work, being on time, making sure you're getting your job done, and uh, accountability. They These things are instilled in them, and uh, knowing when they get to the business world or whatever avenue they want to go, even if they want to go 
to the film industry, there's people in places that Clemson that can connect you to where you need to be. I mean, you got guys who work in corporate America, you got guys who work in fashion that's killing it, that come from Clemson. And uh, so I think it's a very, very special place. I mean, it's, it used to be a place where they had to go out and recruit hard to get guys, please come to Clemson, please <laughs> come to right. But now they're at a spot where they're like, look, man, we know you're a five-star recruit, but we fool. <laughs> yes, and, and I think to, to the point that, and I think Coach Sweeney's probably been this way all along, mm-hmm. and you can probably attest to this, is that it doesn't matter if you're a five-star recruit or not, but you have to fit you gotta within fit, the you culture. You got to fit the mold. That's right. You got to fit the mold. You they do. don't offer everybody. That's they right. Don't, they don't allow everybody in them doors, and that's what makes it so special, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, as long as you keep that mindset about it, and uh, he understanding that it don't take a five-star to win because... Yeah, Grady J come through the door. Oh, two star. <laughs> <laughs> two star. <laughs> Let me stop. Uh, but um, but yes, they they know it's about the it's about the man. It is. It's about the man. It's much more mm-hmm. than the number of stars you have mm-hmm. or you know how many wins and losses the mm-hmm. team gets. It, it's much bigger than that. Yes, sir. Now, what about in the NFL locker room? How mm-hmm. much trash talk goes on? Between oh, say you and Julio, yes, uh, exactly. Malibu, so every day, <laughs> every day, him really giving them trash, giving them mess every day. So, ooh, especially when we tore that boot up in the national championship. Uh, of course, <laughs> but uh, everybody, you know, every we and we put up the matchups. Every guy's from biggest school to smallest school, yeah. whatever matchups. You'd be some of the craziest matchups you wouldn't believe. That like in our building, it'd be like two like D3 schools you never heard of and they both these guys on our team and they'll put it like on the board and stuff like that. So it's funny. Guys love um, and always prideful about where they come of from. Of course. and um, Take a lot of pride in your yeah, school. Yeah, man. Me and Debo, um, Deion Jones, y'all talk about who the real Tigers are. He with LSU. <laughs> so I'm like, man, you, so I'm like, man, we beat y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's when right. I was there, yes. we beat y'all. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but um, it's fun. It's definitely fun. What about just in terms of sports and what it's meant for you in your life and obviously we know from a financial standpoint mm. but just more than that yeah. but what is sports meant to you man sports teach you a lot of things i think that uh uh if you're fortunate when you play in sports because you can learn a lot of lessons like i deal with life you know and i think like whether it's overcoming adversity hard work you get out what you put in um teamwork learn how to work with a team where i feel like you know you always gonna have to work with a team some way, somehow. Um, just certain values that you learn through the ups and the downs of sports that you can comply, apply to life um, on any level. Like even if you just play in middle school, if you just play in high school, I think it's um, I think it's important for kids to be able to experience a sport or whatever it is, just to have that brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever it is, to that camaraderie because it builds relationships with people that you would never run into if you didn't play that sport. Like, I'm being teammates with guys from different countries, um, different backgrounds, obviously different ethnicities. Um, you you get to interact with all these people, and you're like, well, we all ain't so different after all. And when you don't get to experience that, you kind of just get what the world give you. And everything, every time, every the world don't give you the best stuff all the time. Life is hard. Uh, yeah, life is hard. Life is hard. And uh, I think when you when you get to be able to play a sport, even if it's, um, you know, it's, it's, you have to enjoy it. You should enjoy it. But even if it's for an experience. like Yes, and that's somebody, why, I, you know, I'm big on 
you don't have to be an NFL player. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to be an NBA player mm-hmm. or All-American in college. Mm-hmm. Just have some exposure mm-hmm. to team sports or even individual sports because of what it can teach well, you. Well, no, it's been plenty of people who was good enough to play at a professional level that didn't want to. I mean, and that's okay. They want to be professionals in other walks of life, and that's admirable. So it's like the lessons that you learn from the sport, I think it could just help you in, in life, period. Now, you've got a very wise mentality and just a, seems like you're very grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about words of wisdom? Mm-hmm. Life advice, phrases, models, quotes, do you have anything that you've leaned on over the years? Um, for me, I'd say one off the top, I always say like the best is always yet to come, you know. So no matter how good or bad something's going on in your life, um, the best is always yet to come. If you keep that mindset, you always keep striving. You always keep striving because when things going down, and you're like, you know what? It's better days coming. You know what I'm saying? And if when things going good, you keep drive, you keep striving and grinding to get yourself better and better and better. So I feel like the best is always yet to come. Um, I feel like you can all, you always should be able to believe in yourself. And if you should try your hardest, because if you don't try, you're gonna have the pain, the discipline, pain, and regret. So you don't want to regret nothing in life. And there's always one thing. There's one thing that Coach Winnie said that always stuck with me. I put it like in my Twitter bio and everything. So it was like, I want to do what I can while I can. So when I cannot, I will not, which I would have when I could have. So it was like, I don't want to be in a position that I'm in right now where I want to be and mess it all up and then look back and be like, damn, if only I did this, if only I did that, I want to do it when I can, when I have the opportunity. So I won't have any regret about, and I won't have any second thoughts about did I do, what more could I have done, or what more could I have done here and there, because you always wonder. Of course. And, and, and sometimes I think people That'll think- That'll eat you up. It eats you up, and I think people think life gonna wait on you, and it's not. Keeps and, going. And, and um, you have to be mindful of your window of time that you have to do what you're doing, and maximize it, and try to push it as long as you can to to the highest amount you can while you can because one day you're not going to be able to do do what you want to do yeah. and you end. have any regrets i can't i can't look back and say i got one i feel like i'm 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 where i thought i would always be but i'm not there yet yeah. so so you're I'm still striving still striving I'm still striving every day and uh i think um, I'm fulfilled, you know, I fulfilled my spirit. I'm fulfilled, like, as far as, like, you know, my family. But I'm not satisfied. I keep, I feel like it's a, I'm just, like you said, like, I'm still striving. Like, I want to continue to get better. Like, even though I signed a big deal, like, shoot, I want to do another big deal. Like, yeah. it's like, it's I not wanna, the end goal, it's right? It's like, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't about, it's about being, like, the best me I can be and maximizing whatever that is. And at the end of the day, I will see, you know, what God had for me because I tried my, my, my best and what I can control and not, that's going to reveal itself. But if I don't try my best and if I, you know what I'm saying, if I soak this away, soak, you know what I'm saying, if I get complacent, if I get comfortable, you know, I won't find out. And I just want to, you know. Um, well, and then you will have that pain of regret. Yeah, so I don't right. want. I don't so avoid want, that. Avoid that, because uh, I can't. Lie, I, that's one thing. I just I don't want to. I don't want to live with that. You know that's what I'm right. saying? So I try to make good decisions. Um, try to work hard. Try to stay consistent. And uh, everything gonna be like I said earlier. Everything not gonna be perfect along the way. 
But um, as long as you, you know, try to move with a pure heart, grind hard, and uh, let everything else take care of itself. No, I don't worry a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of, it's a lot of... Now, if we could just get to everybody to think that same type of mindset, we might be a better society. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so just, just, man, just just really trying to, you know, just be the best me I can be, man. Well, you've been a big honor letting me steal some of your time, so I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Being a servant leader comes from more than just having a big heart and being compassionate It's also about the ability to be diligent in your actions and be intentional. And Grady has been able to do that by overcoming any perceived doubts from others while not focusing on those failures and any regrets, but channeling that energy to be spent on the positive pain of discipline rather than the negative pain of regret. Now that finishes episode 122 and more of our conversations can be found on your preferred podcasting platform. And you can also watch some of our episodes by visiting our Rich Take on Sports YouTube channel where you can easily subscribe. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening.